Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Not the Highlight Reel. Hey, I'm Jessica, and I'm Melissa. You know, Yo, Jessica, she has me being a weird right now. Stop it, okay? I have you being weird. She was over here, all googly eyes, up in her cell phone. So I said, oh, who that? And now she over here acting like she never picked up the phone. How was your weekend? <laughs> oh, the remix. My weekend was fine. I took the kids to we went ice skating we were supporting uh figure skating of harlem they had oh. this fundraiser performances um and everything over in um woman rink in central park um it was fun the kids had fun yeah uh <laughs> kids is nuts <laughs> the kids is nuts the ice uh, they was taxing over at that little mini bar, um, so I ain't paid. My kids was mad. Everybody was eating, and I'm like, I'm not spending nine dollars on chicken tenders. I really don't care. And I felt like the food <laughs> safety was not all there, so I was like, Mm-mm. but we took about. It was so much fun. We haven't walked through Central Park in so long. They got to see all the rats. It was fun, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> was I wasn't just... expected that. No. Because, you know, that's where the horses are. So, like, mm-hmm. they eat off the horse feed and everything. So, these rats was popping up. And it was, like, getting late. And so, um, I'm like, yeah. So, it was it was a lot of fun. We had, we had fun and we relaxed. Um, it was colder than Elsa's nipples on Saturday. So, we was in the house. It was freezing yeah, it on was, Saturday. It was freezing. Um, sounds like you had somebody to keep you warm. Um, I wouldn't say that. I was, I, w- <laughs> <laughs> I was here just chilling. You know, I was doing a little bit of work, watching a little TV. I love my TV time. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this with you. So my weekend was amazing. <laughs> let's let's yeah. let's get to the news. All right, our first story. I have renamed him uh, Twitter Tom, but the artist formerly known as Elon Musk. Um, he's wilding. <laughs> it, it, uh, Twitter is $12.5 billion in debt, which is crazy because they won't even give me like a little line of credit um, over at the bank. And he, they got $12 billion in debt. But he is asking companies to pay $1,000 per month for verification and $50 for each sub-account 
for their new uh it's like a gold check mark versus the blue check mark which they're gonna um give away and it is giving re the reverse velvet rope like you know in the clubs put the velvet rope outside mm -hmm. to make it seem like it's cool um i think it's a little bit late in the game for twitter to start trying to do a thousand dollars for a business so if you're, you're like you is in it and if there's no differentiation on the size of business that's going to pay the thousand dollars right like any business is a thousand a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. It's it's a big no. Like what? I mean, but also there are a lot of businesses that have, you know, profound social media campaigns or like not campaign, but social media strategies and funnels that are essential to their sales strategy. And now there's all these things about being able to pay to get your, you know, your tweet boosted and like all this different stuff that's going to mess with, you know, people's bank. Um, a thousand dollars. I don't know. It just seems excessive for me. Like, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't spend a thousand dollars on Twitter. I think. I mean, you also need to understand what are you driving traffic, right? When it comes to like online with certain things, are you driving sales? Like, like you said, the different funnels, where is your audience? Because I think yeah. that's something also with marketing too. Like it is a test and you have to figure it out, but a thousand dollars is steep for some small businesses, right? Yeah. Um, I just, I can't see how especially for a thousand dollars and especially being a, a like a small business where that thousand dollars would make sense or even mm -hmm. even a huge business where it's like what is the check mark about to do right, right? i've been like verified get your code right <laughs> verified through god right hello <laughs> like, i've been verified right? through the lord yo but i don't know i will see how uh twitter tom does with this um and uh good good luck to him because nobody's gonna pay it give up absolutely brother. um all right our second uh little bit of news which like literally shocked me there's a police department in new orleans that's just been given the authority to shut down businesses that they find to harbor violent crime um it's basically just like a kind of chronic nuisance order, uh, but they can shut your business down if they feel like you don't address drugs, theft, or violent crimes. Now, and it says address it in a timely manner. They can shut your business down for two years. Now, I understand New Orleans is like now the top city for like violent crime in the nation. And I, I understand trying to get it from every angle, but shutting down a business, it also like, what is like, there wasn't a lot of specific detail on like what the process was. It was just that uh, the, before the police department can shut it down, they have to look at an array of factors. And I'm just like, can you prevent people being on drugs and shopping at your establishment? 
or stealing from your establishment or committing crimes in your establishment? Like, how can you do that? I mean, this is going to disproportionately impact businesses in low-income neighborhoods or just whether or not businesses want to open in low-income neighborhoods because the police department now has the right to shut you down for two years. They're saying they're going to have some like racial uh, securities built in. It wasn't very like clear on what that meant, but I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like that make, I I, I can't see that being more helpful because it's like they could do the same crimes trapping out the bando. So my business selling fish sandwiches unless I'm a mobster then shut me down for being a mobster not the business that probably employs people and like what yeah I I don't know I'm interested to to dive deeper and I want to see like what comes out on the other side like what are the the data what is the data saying how many businesses like it's a lot to explore there it's also a lot of pressure to put on a business owner that already no. has as a business owner, you already have a lot of pressures. So it's like now I have now to you're supposed think to fight crime. Yeah, they want you to be Batman. Okay, <laughs> like they want us to be Bruce Wayne. You're going to change. So you, the police, can't figure out how to battle drugs, theft, theft, and violent crime. You want me as a business owner to now what? I would stand in front of the business with a bat and say, "Hey, y'all can't come in here." commit the crimes on the street what and it says especially theft like so if i'm getting robbed you're gonna shut me down yeah that's crazy i i i don't know we we're gonna keep a pin in this we're gonna follow this for the rest of the year to see what businesses get shut down and um because it it don't make much sense to me yeah. And uh yeah. In other news, another story, uh account professionals are exposing their fears around the Me Too movement. So it's nuts. It's crazy. It's nuts. Uh but what the article says is that because the accountant field is particularly male dominated, they are they have they have been some concerns expressed around junior accountants and working with female junior accountants and things like that. And I'm just like, huh, what's happening? Yeah. So they were saying, so it's like, they were saying that, uh, like in accounting in general, and, and then there were like some umbrellas over to like the business world in general of how no one wants to mentor people of the opposite sex. And although the, the largest segment here was men mentoring uh, women who like, who are their juniors. Um, there wasn't a big issue with mentoring uh, during the day, but during or at risky places, uh, there was an issue. And I, I, my concern, especially with this now being investigated, because this isn't just like an article, this is a, a, a research like research the university of north carolina this is real life research with data on how men are afraid in business of 
the Me Too era. And that gives me pause because I thought the point was like, don't be a person who commits sexual assault. <laughs> like, and that was the that was the point for that to make you afraid. I don't understand how that can make you afraid as long as you don't assault anyone. I think you're good. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I, I can see confusion. both sides. I definitely, like, you want to be careful how you talk to people, how you touch, touch their shoulder, or, you know, I just put my hands behind my back. I'm just kidding. Yo, I just put my, it was a joke. my back is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just like, this is having ramifications now because mm -hmm. like younger women coming up are not having access to the proper mentors or just mentors in general because of the fear that something will be misread. And right. I think this is a call on industry associations, honestly, to set some standards on what mentoring looks like, because it just mm -hmm. seems like if these people are genuinely afraid to mentor, right, that there needs to be something specific on how someone does mentor. Yeah. I mean, in general, I think mentoring oversight, because that's where a lot of this trickery starts to happen around mm -hmm. Well, if you want me to get, you know, to help you out, why don't you just come to my hotel room? Like no. the age old, like kind of thing. If that was regulated by industry associations somehow, like, you know, like there's at least a place to report to right. when, when someone may not feel comfortable enough to go to the police or that the, the act itself wasn't uh, egregious enough to warrant a police response because the police damn near want to be present during it and still going to have the questions, you know? Um, yeah. But I think this is also something that's really, really um, important to watch because, you know, these social movements for equality have an impact in the business world. And I think it's, um, I think it's going to get dicey over this time as people have to be good people which is nuts yeah it's wild all right so when we come back we have a special interview with Aisha Dixon we are so excited COO and co-founder of the Harlem Chocolate Factory so we'll see you in a few families have a lot going on let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Not the Highlight Reel. I am super excited about today's guest. Can't wait to share so many great things about this individual. If you're listening, please, please get ready for Aisha Dixon. So. Let me tell you a little bit about Aisha. Aisha has helped establish a social and emotional curriculum in New York City high schools through the Relationship Foundation. She planned high-end corporate events in New York City for top companies. She's a contributing author to a memoir entitled The Memories of Our Treasures, which was published in 2010 and sits in the Library of Congress. She is the co-founder of the Harlem Chocolate Factory, bringing in over six figures of corporate sales in a single month. In six weeks, let me say this again for everyone out there listening. In six weeks, set up a multi-tiered logistical operation to sell over 15,000 units and process thousands of orders. If you are out there listening, please join us in welcoming Aisha Dixon. Woo! Woo! All right, this is where we would turn on the... Uh, the, the, the clap it up. The clap it up. You know, <laughs> uh, a few episodes ago, if y'all been listening and, and paying attention and following us like you're supposed to. Right. That's me being aggressive. Um, you know that we had Tamika Rochester from Harlem Cycle on and she told her story around, you know, seeking out a co-founder and how that almost went horrible for her. I'm here to say that Thank the Lord. Uh, my situation ain't the same. <laughs> I have an amazing and wonderful and productive co-founder in Aisha. And I'm going to give her the opportunity to share her story. So she knows how it goes. We've shared her highlight reel. They're all amazing. Because first of all, it's coming on here and me finding out that she's a contributor author of a memoir. <laughs> Cause how she how she texts me that it's insane. Like, and she put it in quotations, right? Like, little known fact. Like, yeah, very little known. Like, what? Not us hiding highlights. That's wild. 
that's just it should be a lot. Oh, your friend. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was a flex, right? She's like, I have so many highlights. Sometimes I forget <laughs> to share them. Okay, Listen, cool, cool, cool. Brag cool, on cool. yourself. Right? You know what I'm saying? Um, now we're going to get into that anti-highlight, right? Like the real, real. And Aisha, I'm so amazed to have you here. I'm so happy to have you here. And thank you for sticking by me in general. But also, thank you for being you. So there you go. Yes. Thank you both for having me. I'm really excited about being here. Um, You know, y'all my girls. So this feels, you know, just like we sitting around having a conversation. Right. And I love it. I love it. Um, Yeah. You know, that that last highlight about uh, me being in the Library of Congress um, is not sometimes I just got to be honest. I like forget that I did that. I did that while at Spelman. Um, Shout out to Spelman. Um, because that's also where I met Jessica. So without Spellman, it would have been no, you know, us. Um, but yeah, that was a part of a class that I did where we highlighted African-American women elders. Um, and we were able to grab their stories. My elder was Booker T. Washington's granddaughter. Um, she was amazing. And um, I took her story and then we submitted it to Library of Congress and they accepted it. So that was like really cool. Um Fast Crazy. forward. <laughs> I'm like, fast forward to, um, I, I would say like post Spellman, um, which is kind of where the Harlem Chocolate Factory, you know, story began. Um, you know, just chilling with dress post graduation. You know, we both doing our thing, um, doing a lot of hooking up and talking. Hey, girl, let's hang out. Let's, you know, do this. Um, automatically. I mean, I don't even think we were six months in and we were like, wait, this is what corporate America feels like? Because this is crazy. Um, first of all, we're more qualified than almost everybody we are managed by. Um, the stress and logistics just of being in the hustle and bustle and always kind of having to like keep this face and keep this um, decorum about you at all times is stressful. Um, and so, you know, when Jess kind of like pitched the idea about Harlem Chocolate Factory, I was like, this sounds really cool. And it also sounds like I won't be having to listen to Mary Sue, who got the job from her uncle, who don't know what she does. So, uh, this all sounds good. <laughs> all sounds it's good. It's the Mary Sue for me. Listen, Mary Sue called Uncle Jim and Uncle Jim was like, as soon as you graduate, you got the job. You're going to be VP of sales. Like, what? Yeah, no experience. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of like, you know, the birthplace of the collaboration. And, um, you know, from there, it's just really been amazing. Um, it's been an interesting journey um, that kind of is just like learning, you know, as you go, digging into what you already know, the skills that you've already honed um, and being flexible to learning. That That's definitely like the biggest kind of um tool that you like you need to have to to do this like you gotta listen um because otherwise it just won't work um through you know our time with Harlem Chocolate Factory there have been you know just like a lot of like life changes and you know things that have also come my way which have been interesting and one of like the main ones that I was you know just telling Jess about coming on the pod to talk about is motherhood um so you know that's like I feel like sometimes either the most talked about thing or the elephant in the room that kind of nobody wants to talk about. And I think it's a spillover of corporate life. You know, for most women, 
when they're pursuing kind of building, going up the ladder in corporate America, it's like taboo to also like insert here. I want children, you know, because it's like, oh, you know, you're going to do this year one and then you'll be promoted and then here. And then it's like, okay, boom, 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 boom of all these other things. Where can I squeeze in a family? Um, And even using the phrase squeeze in is is crazy because- You know, it's like, this is our lives. You know, we are not defined by our careers. Uh, We are defined by who we choose to be defined by. So, you know, it's like, if I want to have both, why can't I? Why can't I freely talk about it? Why can't I, you know, put this also on my goal sheet um, and and have it something attainable that I want to get to? Um, So, you know, when I found out that I was having my first child, I definitely was like anxiety through the roof. Uh, yeah. Because it's like, okay, is this a new business? I'm in, you know, this new role, frankly, because like I was saying, you bring your skill set, but there's a lot of things you don't know. And you yeah. either rise up to the occasion or fail. And, you know, I'm just not the failure type. Um, so I'm like, okay, we rising to the occasion. Uh, how am I going to navigate this, you know, while trying to do this pregnancy successfully, have this baby, you know, successfully and be the post um, you know, like parent that I want to be. Um, and so, you know, the main thing that I would tell myself is just be okay with whatever you want and really like settle into that. And, you know, people definitely, definitely, definitely mean their best when they're giving you advice, when, you know, they're telling you what to do or how to do it, but it really requires tapping into you and knowing who you want to be and kind of like blocking out the noise. Almost like the same thing, like being a business owner. You know, there are people going to tell you your business, that like, that's a stupid idea. You know, that's not going to work. You got to have to do it this way for it to work. Um, and just kind of like resting in yourself, like, no, like, this is my vision. This is my company. I know what I, where I want this to go, um, you know, and, and really just holding on to that and um, being unapologetic about it. A lot of times I hear within kind of like, especially the entrepreneur, you know, it's like, Oh, you got to choose, you know, it's like, you got to choose the kids or you have to choose the business. Um, and frankly, now how was that? Hold on. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm saying, how was that when, because for we, we were so deep in trying to set this business up. This is after we've opened up our shop, right? Like, I think it was different when we were doing this, not necessarily after work, right? Like I think people sometimes don't really truly understand like our whole timeline of how it worked. Like we've always been working on this together. We just also jumping out the window and quitting your job is is something that you cannot all, you can't do when you don't have access to money. Right. So there was a very kind of strategic plan. And I think that's been the crux of like what we've done. We've always strategically planned. Now, Having kids is something you plan. And I remember talking about it and like you saying like, this is a part of the life that you want for yourself. But also, how do you strategically plan when it ain't no runway around like when exactly this whole thing is going to happen or whatever? Like, how is that like getting into that decision and that mental space to decide like, all right, listen, we, we, we doing this thing. We, 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 we having this baby and then also we have this other baby 
that don't have no timeline on it, right? Like we know a child is going to be able to do certain things at one years old. We know that a kid is going to be able to, you know, for the most part, mm-hmm. God forbid, you know what I'm saying? We know that a child is going to hit their developmental milestone. Oh, I'm learning from you. <laughs> I'm learning from you. They're developmental milestones for children. And, but it's not so much the same in business. So how do you navigate one child that can't really tell you where it's at and then bringing another kid into that mix? I think the first thing is getting out of your head about perfect timing. Mm. So there literally is no perfect time to do it, you know, because mm. if if you go into like, when do I jump in? You kind of always be like that double dutch, like you yeah, like yeah. waiting for the right jump because okay, I don't do it now. And a year later, we've already scaled. And now it's a new set of things to, to be done business-wise. Okay, I'll wait even longer. All right, we in 20,000 retail stores. And th- you know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. like, it, it's actually always going to be something. Um, and so I, I feel like the right time is really assessing you personally. And like, do I have the support in the village to do this? Um, because the business is always going to demand what it demands and you, you kind of can't go based on that because I just, especially for my age, I have to also say that because I have my first child at 33. So, um, or 32. Um, so, you know, it's like with that kind of timeline, it's not like, Oh, I can wait 10 years, you know, or you, you could, but you know, I, I didn't want girls are doing it. I'm saying, no, they're doing doing the 70 years old. I mean, black girl magic, you know, we'll have some, uh, some, some kids all the way, you know, into our forties with ease. Um, and so, you know, that's, but that's just not, you know, what I wanted. So, you know, I just felt like there was no perfect time. And, you know, I was just feeling with myself, like, it's just what I wanted in the moment um, to, you know, pursue that. And so, you know, I did. Um, I will definitely say, you know, it was stressful um, in the pregnancy period, feeling like I have to have everything, you know, like set up oh, yeah. before I mm-hmm. step out, you know, from maternity leave yeah. while also literally setting these things up. So it's like, can we them- talk about you giving actual birth? Can you? explain this nutso story like because i actually want i want somebody else to tell it so that so other people can comment please please well, comment and tell her she's a we, nut we gotta right? back up we gotta back up because as the first time anything you don't know exactly what's happening so i mean this was my first shot i don't know what labor looks like labor looks like many different things for mm-hmm. many different people um yeah. so you know i didn't know like was this braxton hicks about really a labor so I went in the labor and I called Jessica like, you know, I think I'm going to be late today because um, I'm having some pain. I'm not really sure if it's labor, but, you know, like I'm going to give it an hour or two, then I'm going to come by. And she was like, I don't know what you just said to me, but I heard the word labor. So if I see you today, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to suck you out. <laughs> Sis, are you okay? You just what, said I'm on? having labor pain. I'm going to be yeah. a little late, but I'm going to come in. The anxiety, you know, one thing that you were just saying, like, as pros, like relating the business as a baby, it is a baby because I was nesting there too. You know, it's like that same kind of idea, like making sure everything is good. This is in place. This is in place. So you're like double nesting. So I think that's where that comment was coming from. 
um, definitely after my second child reverted back on that thought, that was insane. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I hope if I did come, you would have immediately kicked me out. Um, I was. I want you to know from deep down in the in the best crevices of my heart, I was kicking you out. It's so, uh, yeah, it's interesting, you know, and listening to you talk about and discard motherhood, right? And I'm not a parent. So I'm just listening to all of this and I'm like, this is so closely aligned in how you describe like getting prepared for motherhood or what motherhood looks like. Because as an entrepreneur, I think you never know, right? And then when you were talking about like these developmental milestones, there are milestones within your business that you want to hit, but it never looks like how you want it to look, right? You'll mm -hmm. get there. You have goals and metrics and all these things. So I'm like, you know, motherhood and entrepreneurship is really closely aligned. And, and I think mothers actually make great entrepreneurs because you have to learn how to prioritize, right? Mm -hmm. And like organization is a skill set that not many have. Prioritization is not a skill set that many have. And I think those are the superpowers that entrepreneurs need to highlight because you have to figure out like what's a low level task, what's a priority? How do I delegate? So I would love to learn because now you have two children, yes. right? What is different now with two children that you're like, oh, this is this is different, right? Like I kind of have this figured out. Or you talked about like, you know, planning. To, to step away you mm -hmm. always have to have a contingency plan in business right so like now that you're like I'm kind of in my groove what does that look like now so definitely what it looks like now is I mean if organization had to be tip top before it's in super drive now because one and I mean I, I learned this you know even before I was a mother from Jessica how like every child is so different. Like sometimes yeah. you can feel that you got it. Then that, then another will come. You like, okay, I'm back to square one. And so essentially that's how it was because my, my two boys are night and day, you know, and, and how they are and what they need, you know, and all of those things. So it definitely caused me to lean in even more and being like organized and, um, you know, having things kind of like set up. It also, like literally Bruce Lee kicked me into a place of it is okay. What you're not going to get done today, what they may not be doing. Okay. They didn't make it to the park today. It is okay. Like I'm definitely um, that parent. I was a nanny before, um, you know, I became a parent. So I kind of already have, you know, that like skill set of what to do with kids, especially young kids under five. That's like my my smooth groove. I like those kids. Um, and so, you know, I have like all these cool things I want to do that I've been doing with other people's kids. I'm like, now it's my turn. I'm going to go here. We're going to this on Friday. We're going to do this. And it's like, okay, actually, slow down. Like, I physically can't do all of that. You know what I'm saying? And even, you know, with my partner and us working together, he can't physically do all those things. And, you know, so it's like giving yourself grace on, what you also want your children to be doing um, and just knowing that the best that you give them is enough um, mm. and, and not being, you know, like beating yourself up about it. And then also, you know, Melissa, like what you were saying, like you're, you're not a mother yet. And I think that also, you know, like as far as entrepreneurship and like what we do, you know, needs to be talked about as well, because, you know, it's like sometimes 
you can be in a in a conversation it's like all these moms talking and then it's like mm -hmm. okay well you know i don't have any kids but that doesn't mean that you don't have a nurturing aspect about you that you don't have things to offer maternally um yeah. that your choice to maybe have children or not have children at this time is a good one or a bad one um you know and so also like as women as entrepreneurs giving each other grace on that and Sometimes taking a second thought before, you know, you just speak on, because I, I hate to hear this. Oh, you know, oh, I got kids, you know. Oh, you don't know what it's like. Oh, you're not as busy as me. You're not as busy as me. You're, you know, and it's like, okay, but I might yeah. have something else that also requires my time. Also, you know, gives, yeah. causes me to have that kind of love and attention. And mm. you don't know, I might not have kids because I can't. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's like, Talking in that way and sometimes like throwing these kind of like jabs out, you know, sometimes are not productive for us. And I would just love to see yeah. us as women just having more safe space to talk about whatever mm -hmm. it might be, whether it's um, yeah. I want eight kids and somebody mm -hmm. not to be like, girl, you crazy. Oh, um, yeah. I want no kids. I want to adopt, you know, like whatever that might look like for whoever it is. Um, and, and, you know, just being kind to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we said like that. that. Well, my fault. Oh, sorry. Like, just no, it just it just kind of triggered that moment in me because, like, not to get too dark or deep, I watched Aisha develop this thing, right? Like, not you know, not throwing whatever. Like when she when she's saying, you know, being kind to yourself, being grace. I remember the moments that it was a little difficult for sis to be kind to herself right no, like definitely. i remember us being in this shop and i'm like girl you cannot do all that <laughs> like you like what you just the week that you just described gonna take you out like it's nuts i get it i get it and it's not that your children are gonna suffer it's your children are not they're not suffering for these things that they're not going to remember and I, that was a thing that like no it's a place that i had to bring myself to right like and i like i used to kill myself like if anybody remembers me in those first few years of parenting and whatever i set a level of unreasonable expectations for myself um that were based off of traumas and it was just this constant and revolving cycle of my life being more difficult for me and everyone like I won't say my kids were unhappy they were joyous but they were no less happy with me <laughs> when we had a more if anything like we're happier because I'm less stressed and I mean, I would pick them up from school, take them to the museum, come back to the shop, make more chocolates, go home, do homework, and then somewhere in there eat. And I just did not <laughs> want you to, <laughs> to go through. Home did that, so hopefully we would have to go through that. And it was nuts. It was a nuts thing, right? Because what what's the quality of life less if they go to the museum once a week? Right. Like if they do these things once a week or, you know, twice a week or when I have the actual time. 
Um, but I know, I also know that the hardest thing for me to do was to realistically ask for help. Like, and to say like, Hey, can someone pick the kids up from school for me today? Right. Like it took me a long time. And then I found this like group of moms at my son's school who was like willing to take them to the park. Like all our kids kind of went to the same schools. It got even worse when my kids started going to different schools because they aged like that, like the logistics of setting up children going to multiple schools and all of that was nuts. Um, how did you find it? In which ways did you kind of navigate that that mom situation, which is a very much entrepreneurial situation, like when it's time to ask for help? Yes. Right. Cause even us, like, yeah, we co-founders, right? Like, I like I'm a single parent doing it, but at the end of the day, like in business, like we're co-founders. That don't mean that we don't need help, yeah. right? Like you, everyone always need help. How did you navigate that process of like going from chief everything officer to like navigating, like how you ask for help and, and, and your I network? I think for me particularly, it wasn't the asking for help. It was me relaxing on dictating the help. Like I, I come from a, a family and kind of like an environment where it's very group. Um, so, you know, like my mom, you know, came when I had my first child. She was here for a couple of weeks. Like, you know, I, I without kind of even asking, like I expected that, you know, you know, my cousins are around. They're all helping me. But one thing I had to realize I was doing was also trying to give people step-by-step instructions on what to do when I'm not around. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so that was where I had to learn, like, okay, you can ask for help, but also that does not mean that when you say, okay, at 3.05, give them three yogurts, and if he don't eat the first yogurt, you know what I'm saying? Like, when it gets to that, that's a level of control. And really, mm-hmm. it's coming from a place of anxiety. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's like, that's where I really had to settle with myself. Shout out to the Relationship Foundation for all of these, like, honing <laughs> into my feelings. Like, that was that was transformative work. Because Wait, so you, so you would, so your anxiety used to make, like, when she says she leaves very specific. No, I was leaving note cards. I was I was leaving note cards. I, I, I even, want you to I want you to realistically say how many note cards rings on them with hole punches <laughs> so that they would be together. I was laminating sheets. I was doing all of that, and I, I'm almost embarrassed to say this. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like I'm like your mom clearly raised you, right? Like you know she was a mom she before, did, she did. so she knows how um, to do this. Very cute, uh, actually. I don't know if my, my mom is, is, I don't know, maybe I got this from my dad. My mom is definitely like a drop you off, I'll talk to you in a couple of days. Like, I, I don't remember her being like that. But um, but also remember you the last kid. Yes, that's It's a little true. different. You the this last true. one. That's, no. I was trying to it's tell Aisha, I'm like. Every kid I, is just one more level down. Like I was trying to tell her, I'm like, yo, you got to wait till that second one hit. <laughs> when that second one drop, all this the anxiety you feel it's not that it doesn't go away you start recognizing that the kid is going to make it right like even for us right like that your second business it starts becoming like all right i already did this before like you, yes you, you actually good you're gonna make it like if the cheerios ain't organic <laughs> you, you're not you'll be go. fine you'll be fine right like uh and all of that um 
So yeah, how so how with, is that? Yeah. So with with finally coming, it t- it took a minute. It you know I had yeah, some yeah we know we was here. Um, I had some flare ups. My my partner had to hide my phone a couple times. You know, um, All but he also went through a thing too. We like we did no. a, a little flip because he oh, was yeah. definitely like that. Um, yeah, he asked he asked our child's godmother to Facetime him every thirty minutes. What's up? And she just flat out told him she was not going to do that. So, <laughs> so it's like you know, it it could just be like sometimes the parent thing. But I think also once I realized, like you said, like it's going to be okay, that also allowed me to kind of take a break, you know, and mentally from the business side as well. Like you kind of don't have to be so, you know, like a, a ring around the neck with everything. You know, mm-hmm. there are certain things you do have to be like, you know, with like that because it just won't happen the way it needs to be. But there are other things. It's like I'm actually spending more time trying to micromanage than actually getting something done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, once you kind of realize like what you need to be like that with and what you don't, you kind of get in a groove. And then you see how things just turn out better in the long run because of it. Mm-hmm. Um if I'm trying to take a break as a mom and I'm texting every 20 minutes, I'm not taking a break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's like let it, letting that go. If I give an employee an instruction and I sat there and looked over their shoulder the whole time, I might as well have did the task. Um, mm. And so I, I didn't save any time. I didn't, nothing good came out of that. Um, and so like really resting and knowing the flow and what to do like that and what to kind of fall back on um allows you to actually get more done and have a better peace of mind to be more productive. This is wow, exciting. Yo. I would say you guys have me like excited to make these little entities, right? Like I'm thinking about my kids as these little entities. These little entities. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Please do. Please do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Thank I, oh, you I'm so like, much. In, in the back of my mind always, you know, like we started saying there's so many correlations, you know, it's like the, the birth of a nation, the birth of a business, you know? And it's like mm. that, that birthing process has so many things that, you know, mirror each other. Um, and being able to pick something from the motherhood side and apply it to the business side, I think has been an advantage. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely. Yo, this, was, for, this was so dope. It was. This was so I dope. just and want no. to say, um, because I, Rachel Rogers, she has, we should all be millionaires. She's a mom. So in me reading that, she was giving guidance, particularly to women, you know, but also moms, because there's this whole mom guilt. So like anyone that's listening, that's a mom, I think definitely listening to We Should All Be Millionaires, because it really talks about her journey through motherhood as well and business. And like you said, like breaking down those walls of like that mom guilt or mom shame and creating the environment to where like, be excited about all the things you're building and birthing and creating. And, you know, so, yeah. I Thank you, Aisha, so much for sharing. Um, this is such a dope episode. And I hope, like, it for those that are listening, you know, you leave inspired. Because I'm inspired to create my little LLCs. <laughs> my little LLCs is crazy. My little baby, my little assets. Because I'm going to get a return of my investment. My little LLCs is crazy. <laughs> That's mad funny. But listen, it, you you you'll go you'll go in stride, and it, it, like we were saying, the the first business ain't gonna be nothing like the second one. They two different kings, absolutely not. Um, yeah. and, and so you know, approaching it like that, and and 
knowing that you can do it because you've done it. Um, I I think we also live in a, sometimes in a lot of like self-doubt, but even for me, this is one thing I always have to tell myself, like, I actually already did this. I should like you, you nervous about something being done correctly and you already did it. So apply the same thing you did there and replicate and keep it moving. One last uh, thing uh, as a reminder, uh, this is coming from Asad the Great. Um, You can sell LLCs, but you can't sell kids. (laughs) Yeah. Kids are are fine to sell. No return or exchange. No return. No no return to center. No exchanges. No different sizes. Listen, no money back. You can't take a draw. You can't put yourself on salary. It is a one-way street. Uh, but yo, I thank you so much. For thank doing you. This. I'm this was so fun. glad that you got a chance to do this. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This was so great. Um, make sure you uh keep tuned in. We'll be right back with our advice. Thank you, Aisha. Bye, everybody. Thanks, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right. I mean, that was that was that was an amazing interview. I think that I get just so excited about Aisha sharing her story and, you know, being in a front seat to see and getting a chance to view at it and, and look at the progress is 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 pretty dope. And I didn't realize so many correlations between motherhood and entrepreneurship that there were. Yeah, I mean, I'm super inspired. I should definitely gave some tips that I think we can use in our everyday life and leadership. I'm excited to create my little entities, aka baby. Yo, <laughs> my little entities is okay. I want you to know. Oh, but that's I mean it's good. And I and I definitely hope that, you know, the people are inspired and and really I hope everyone picked up on it's like, yo, there is no perfect time, you know what I'm saying, and you get to you get to manage what you want to do for with your life, right? Like, yet, like if you have a timeline, stick to it. That's perfectly fine. But definitely, I think what I really, really took away is like the ability to give yourself permission and like just lean into building the life that you actually want. Um, mm-hmm. And so. I hope you guys enjoyed as well. Here we go. We're at our closing tip. We're going to take this right from Aisha's, right? Like learning to delegate uh, and actually using your help. It makes no sense to ask for help if you're just going to insert yourself into the task anyway. Thanks again for listening to Not The Highlight Reel. We want to thank Aisha Dixon. If you want to learn more about her, check out the links in the show notes and follow us on socials. Search for Not the Highlight Reel podcast. Uh, Not the Highlight Reel is a production of Rafelion Media. We'll be back next week with another anti reel just for you. Until next time, I'm Jessica. And I'm Melissa. Hi, right, guys. Yeah.